Today on Inside Marketing, we'll be talking about the world of outdoor advertising. It is the oldest form of advertising, but it's a medium that there's so much more than broadcasting static messages. I'll be talking to Jeff Lyons, Managing Director of PML Group, about how the pandemic affected out of home and how the medium has bounced back. Only on this week's Inside Marketing. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions. Okay, let's start off. Jeff, I say I'm joined by Jeff Lyons. So, Jeff, I think it's fair to say that it's been it's been a tough eighteen months for well for everybody, but it's been particularly tough for out of home. So, with the restrictions around lockdown and all the limitations around movement and five kilometer radius and all that kind of stuff, there's just less people out and about. So, I think clients hold spend, which is probably understandable to some degree. And I think the fact that what when a lot of the advertisers on outdoor, when shops were closed or services were closed, like the hospitality industry and um, certain categories just weren't able to sell. And they're pretty big advertising at home. So it does make sense. One of the interesting things, which I think there was a perception, and I was guilty of this myself, was that there was a perception that because of restricted movements that nobody was outdoors and that was not the case so like I understand that people say well there's nobody out so I'm not going to waste money on outdoor but I think that was probably more of a perception than a reality so what we saw was and, and I want you to talk we'll start off by talking about this what we saw was a kind of a donut effect so it wasn't that people were not out and about i.e. not exposed to outdoor it was just that people's movement patterns changed and how they if you want to call it consumed out of home media change, but there was still value and the ability of the medium to reach people was stronger than maybe you would have thought. Can you just chat about that for a minute? Yeah, I mean, Dave, your point is absolutely right. Look, outdoors, you know, greatest strength is the movement of people, and it's our job to really understand that. And when COVID struck, and you know, Leo Varadkar said the, the the famous words, you you know, in the, in the first instance, the first you know month or so. You, you absolutely had people nervous, worried, mm-hmm. and, and rightly so, um, staying. And, and they were told to do so in terms of staying at home. Uh, but very quickly, and I'm sure you would have experienced it where you're living, but suburbia just became bustling with activity. Mm-hmm. So you would have had a situation where, you know, people were taking up walking, cycling, uh, using their local villages. And of course, shopping was available in terms of retail environments. So your basic instinct is to is to kind of know that. However, that's not good enough from our company's perspective. So what we try to understand is how people live, work and play and what they think, feel and do. And we don't just think about that. We invest in data and technology to help us understand that. So to put a point on that, uh, Locomizer is a product that we invest in. And that allows us to visualize automotive and pedestrian activity. So very quickly, we could see actually that movement and heat map it. And more or less what you were seeing was very busy suburbia, city centers, absolutely, no doubt about it, emptying, but really, really busy retail. Um, so from, from our perspective, in terms of uh, advising clients, that's exactly where we would have directed advertising spend. And, you know, that became really interesting, particularly the behavior around retail. And, you know, in the initial phases of, of COVID-19, you would have seen the basket sizes were exploding, getting much mm. bigger. And not only that, shopping missions were becoming less. So the job actually for advertisers to do was ultimately to influence the shopping list because mm. we were all back, you know, creating shopping lists to get in and out of stores, as we were told to do. But you also had queues yeah. outside retail uh, nationwide. We all saw this on the news, etc. So, you know, it, it was our job was really to understand that use the data to to demonstrate it to advertisers. And advertisers latched onto it. And there was some 
some really clever use cases. Bank of Ireland, as an example, um, had a cocooning product whereby they would allow siblings or offspring to look after the elderly's mm. banking behavior. So there was a, a really good use case. Mm. Paddy Power, brilliant campaign using outdoor screens outside retail to show what the, what social distancing meant by using Peter Crouch, who right. actually measures two meters. And um, so, look, Yes, the donut effect absolutely happened. And it was a, a really interesting year to watch it as restrictions were eased, as 5Ks were restricted to 10Ks yeah. to, or to 20Ks. You saw counties becoming more uh, busy, people being allowed to travel, etc. Mm -hmm. Then we saw November lockdown again, Christmas opened up. So it was quite a, a varied year. And our job was to really understand that. And, and what was just fascinating because of our interest in location marketing, we found ourselves having conversations not just about outdoor advertising, Mm. about actual human movement, mm. uh, which, you know, operational issues, when to open, open for breakfast, et cetera, what was the right timing. And so it was certainly an interesting year, but your point is right. It wasn't that audiences vanished. They just, they were behaving very differently. Yeah. Um, it's probably the best way of putting it. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> look, I know I was in lots of client meetings and even, you know, the paralysis to be able to plan for, you know, what, what might've been six months down the road, people are just very nervous. They are like, I, I don't want to book mm. any outdoor because, and what's going to happen? We could be more locked down. So it really was. And I mean, it is often said that advertising is the first thing to be cut when things are hard and the last thing to be reinstated. And I think when you think about a channel, I think outdoor is probably, you know, the one that suffers most. And that's probably the first thing that's cut when budgets get tight, shall we say, or or, or anything kind of unforeseen happens and it's last to be reinstated. But how's the market now? Obviously, with restricted restrictions being lifted and categories opening again. I know we're not quite back into full indoor dining at the moment. Um, yeah. where I'm, I don't know when that, when that's going to happen, but generally the market's picked up. There's much more positivity around. We're nearly at the kind of magic number of herd immunity for vaccination. So has outdoor recovered now? Have you seen the market pick up generally? What's it, what's it like? Oh, look, it's been like night and day. I mean, we don't like to think about advertising being cut. We like to think about delivering and executing effective advertising right mm. so in the first instance you're going to put it where the audiences are and back to that donut effect point however since i think what really the country needed was clarity in terms of you know restrictions being eased and you know the impact of of vaccinations has been immense allowing people to be freer yeah. it all breeds confidence right yeah. consumer confidence which leads to advertiser confidence and really since you know the elderly bracket was vaccinated and has been rolled out and in fairness the country has been rolled out very efficiently. A couple of speed was at the start, but it's it's it really has been effectively uh, rolled out. That since May, I mean, the uptick has just been really like night and day. It's probably mm. the best way to describe it. And the summer ahead, with the government talking about a summer of outdoor activity, is you know first of all the right and responsible thing to do. Yeah. Um, but the brand count, the amount of what I mean by that is the amount of advertisers that what we would say are in charge right now and are planned in uh, for the summer. So very quickly what we saw was that advertiser confidence bigger briefs, larger briefs, quicker decision making because there's no doubt about the confidence in outdoor. So in terms of the cross section of industries uh, who are more advertising, I mean, you can see the breadth of brands if you're out and about and see what's in charge. There's a vast number of advertisers back up on the medium and rightly so. I mean, outdoor, there's huge trust in outdoor to deliver uh, to help brands grow. And I think that advertiser confidence is certainly stepping up and really it helps. So you can really see the volume of advertisers that are up now mm. and it's going to continue through the summer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's good to see because Israel, I mean, 
I always think it's quite grim when you see poster sites with fillers on them and it was just a sense of, just a real sense of kind of hopelessness when you know, everything was quite depressing and then there's, there's nothing around, there's no advertising going on. It just really kind of magnified the way everything was at the time. So I want to chat about something because, look, we all know, everyone in, you mentioned their penetration, we all know the power of outdoor and the strength of outdoor, but I think you wrote an article and it's in today's Irish Times and it's it kind of given a little bit of food for thought, trying to, challenge maybe the way we currently think about out of home so and we were chatting off mike and it's one of the things that i think outdoor struggles with like it is the only medium where it has no it provides no editorial there's no value exchange for consumers so you know I don't mind ads in newspapers. In fact, I can enjoy them because they fund the newsroom. I put up with ads on TV and people quite enjoy them because that's how they get the free content, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas outdoor, there's nothing in it for people. It only acts. There's no entertainment value in the medium. It's, it's purely a carrier of message. But like one of the things that I'm always talking to clients about, we firmly believe this in Dentsu, is that we do believe that media in general can, can be way more than just a carrier of message. So, so this idea of advertising being helpful or, or useful or creating utility in some way for people, and I'm going to talk to you about some examples there. Now, one that we did in here, which was for Bank of Ireland, it's a good example of this. I think Outdoor is brilliant at this. It's a great example because we were saying, when you've run your, your cashback offer on TV and radio, you've built a huge amount of frequency what's the role for outdoor? Rather than trying to hit people over the head and build a long tail of frequency, why don't you just be useful? So the outdoor that we did for Bank of Ireland was the context changes. So, you know, the, the poster in Donnybrook gave you information about the number of houses for sale in that area, the average price and distance of town and that kind of stuff. So outdoor now became not just something that was there to sell to me, it became something that actually did have a value exchange. And I think there's lots of different things that can be done. But like you you pointed a couple of those things when we were chatting and there's a couple in the, in the article. So can you give me some other examples of some of those, um, any campaigns that you've done or you, you're really proud of, you think challenge conventions of how we think and, and use outdoor? I think the, the Bank of Ireland example you gave is is a really excellent example. Um, and we were delighted to help you deliver it. And I think what we're really seeing is that brands are now becoming they're understanding to use the medium between its classic and digital formats a lot better. And, you know, to your point about the value exchange, yeah, you're right, um, outdoor doesn't have content and, and really all it asks is to be noticed. So we know for great advertising, it needs to stand out, it needs to be noticed, and it needs to be memorable. And ironically, we actually won a digital content award for a really brilliant piece of work that um, we did with Mondelez and Cadbury. Uh, mm -hmm. And they're a Premier League sponsor. So you make a good point about, you know, outdoor becoming utility or being useful or entertaining, etc. And to highlight their sponsorship of the Premier League, they had a, an offer going on for confectionery products that were associated with Premier League. So the general campaign was promoting those bars. However, the digital screens nationwide uh, powered by uh, Optus Sports Score through the live poster platform at scale was able to connect to all digital screens to turn them into live scoreboards oh, right. uh, as Premier Leagues were being played out. So come match day, all of the digital screens became scoreboards. Right, yeah, that's As really goals cool. are going in, the boards are being updated. And that, and that becomes, you know, uh, to that utility point. But, you know, it gets even deeper than that. We talk about, you know, user-generated content. Mm -hmm. Some work we did with Spark Foundry and the National Transport Authority, I just thought this was exceptional. 
whereby we called on the public as they were commuting to take selfies. And all of those selfies were then accumulated and made into a giant mosaic. And that mosaic then became the epicenter or the center of the artwork uh, that went across to stop uh, racism uh, on public right. transport. Mm. So that's a really brilliant example of user-generated content being used to fuel a, an outdoor campaign. So, you know, I guess the other point as well is in terms of outdoor advertising, it's supporting public transport, mm. uh, a, a transport that we're mm-hmm. actually getting the value from by utilising on an ongoing basis. Yep. But I think the the game is utterly changing with regards to the technology that we have at our exposure and how we can use it. Yeah, and, and they're great examples because I think one of the myths of outdoor or the kind of conventional thinking is that to broadcast, well, it is a broadcast medium in, in one way, but it doesn't have to be. You can actually interact with it. And, and look, we all know outdoor strength. It is seen as a big brand building medium. It's brilliant for new news, launches, something that's going to give you, you know, kind of a shot of adrenaline, I think, for campaigns as well. I was talking about it for a client the other day. But actually, when you think about the narrative and marketing, that kind of one to many approach to marketing has really fallen out of favor. And look, you have to be careful sometimes. I think the industry gets off, gets terribly excited and carried away about things. And there was this, this promise of one-to-one marketing, which we, we've talked about this before. It's utter nonsense. You, in no instance, you need one-to-one marketing. Nobody needs one-to-one marketing it's just because people are not that different. But the narrative in, in media and advertising was... Yeah, no, big one to one to many mass reach channels where the message can't change is kind of dead. That's in a fell out of favor. So things move towards hyper personalization. And that kind of when you think about it from the context of outdoor, that doesn't seem to work quite well. It's not really possible to contextualize the message to the person. But I think there's another thing you point out in your article, and that's how outdoor can be used in more innovative ways that are far more engaging or, you know, not, not quite one-to-one, but context can change. And I think you can, you can increase the engagement in outdoor. And you've got some really nice examples that we talked about. So talk, talk about some of those smart things that you've seen, campaigns that you worked on that you think, yeah, there's a really, really smart way of using outdoor that, that went against the kind of one poster, everyone's seen the same message kind of myth that is often kind of criticized of outdoor we know what outdoor is and what outdoor isn't. And, you know, outdoor is a one-to-many medium. I mean, but I think now what we're seeing is it's it's about the right message at the right time, but not the same message all the mm-hmm. time. Um, yeah. It's probably the, be- the best way of putting it. Look, it's an extremely powerful medium and it drives with reach and frequency. We know that it does that. It's the champion, I guess, of doing that. But what is becoming more interesting is the environments in which the advertising is served. And what we believe in is what we would call sophisticated mass marketing. Mm -hmm. So how do we use the medium to be contextually relevant in different environments at different times, depending on enumerate amounts of triggers or what events? So that would lead us to uh, believe in what we would describe as event-based impact. So what, why is the advertising serving Mm -hmm. at this moment in time? And that's where it gets really, really, I mean, clever. I mean, a message in Cork, maybe shouldn't be the same message as being Watson served in Dublin. But really good example right now, Diageo, uh, they have Rockshore, one of their one of their big brands, and it has variants. So lager and cider, they know, we know that cider tends to sell better when the weather is a bit warmer, right? So mm. we'll set it up to be triggered when the, when, when the weather hits that direction. But also they will have uh, in-store promotions. Um, so the advertising that's been triggered at retail doesn't necessarily need to be the big brand message for, for mm. Rockshore. It can be relevant to an offer that's within store at that time. Um, another great example, which is actually in charge right now, um, McDonald's will have their breakfast menu mm. served through the morning. Uh, but as the day progresses and should temperatures hit, they'll start to offer their iced offering. And another really clever one I just thought was was smart, again, used, like using the live poster platform, was for, for Prevalent. And uh, this that product helps 
hay fever. So using MedAir and pollen count data, right. we would pull that in. And when the pollen count was high, we would serve advertising for Bradman yeah. to help people who were suffering from hay fever. So I think the mass marketing pieces, you know, out of home is a one-to-many medium, but it's serving in multiple mm. environments. Yeah. Therefore, using the context. And whenever there's a data point that can fuel a decision, Outdoor can play absolutely yeah. that game uh, uh, right now in terms of serving advertising dynamically. Yeah, and it's a great example. Like the, the pollen count is just a great example of of outdoor now creating being useful for people. You know, it's actually helpful. Yeah. It's not just trying to sell something to the people. You you mentioned something at the start there about locomizer and and actually monitoring because when I think about outdoor, I don't think about it as having a lot of rich audience understanding or or kind of any depth of data in terms of yeah. of consumers. I always think about it as okay, we can measure traffic count and that kind of stuff. But you've invested quite a lot in audience planning and understanding tools. So the short story here, just the top line, so what type of stuff are you doing or what type of audience insight uh, can you deliver now in terms of even measurement or tracking or reporting? How sophisticated is it now? Yeah, I mean, first off, Dave, I mean, the industry, you know, has a, an overall audience measure, JNOR, which, you know, uh, will allow us to measure audiences um to get to audiences very quickly and most in every audience we can we can get to using that tool. However, you know, clients will have varied problems that they're trying to solve. So our tech stack live poster, we would have e-cost planning and mapping, but we would ingest innumerate data sources uh, within that to include things like census, locomizer that I've talked to that um, listens to mobile movement in a GDPR compliant manner, along with OCS, our own uh, IQ, but really importantly as well, points of interest, because we're in a physical environment where, where we need to understand that movement. So what that allows us to do in terms of the technology is to visualize hotspots across the country of where we believe audiences are. And, and overlaid with that, when you think about things with OC, OCS, you need to also understand how people are thinking within those environments. So you may be thinking quite differently on your way into work than mm-hmm. your way out of work, than how mm-hmm. you're thinking on the weekend, how you're thinking in the gym, how you're thinking in the pub. So that allows us creatively overlay how we should deliver advertising. And that's where it kind of gets kind of fun. Because if you can understand where people are, because we all know we live and work in different places, although it's been a bit weirdly meshed mm-hmm. over this last period, but that will change into the future. Uh, you can understand how people are thinking within those environments. And that's where the live poster platform really comes to life. Because because you can now start to serve advertising depending on that context um, and that granularity of audience understanding. Yeah, so it's a lot more sophisticated than I would have thought. And probably a lot of people, probably the same as me, didn't realize that there was quite a lot of rigor and a lot of tools available to, to kind of get into that granularity of planning. There's been loads of changes in technology and you've talked about some of the creative capabilities, but also in terms of Again, I don't want to keep talking about some of the negatives of outdoor, but but some of the negatives of outdoor would have been, oh, production costs are high, lead times are long, message, mm. you know, can't change the message, the old days of reposting posts and all that kind of stuff, just a nightmare. But I think one of the brilliant things, I mean, you've talked about some of these, some campaigns where you're reactive to things, just how quickly can campaigns be turned on and off now? We take advertising tomorrow today and right. we can move really, really fast. Um, and if what's, you know, <laughs> It's great to get on here today because I mean we have some of the we have I would argue the best technology globally available in this country, right. and back to the you know right message right message not, not the same message all the time. What we still see though is less than like five percent of advertising being delivered like this. Yeah, um, and it is really about thinking. So 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 let's take it as a given we have the technology to deliver. So innumerate triggers can be utilized to predetermine what's going to happen in advertising, but also content. We talked earlier about 
Premier League scoreboards. It doesn't stop there. Mm. Social content can be fed in. Polls can be fed in. Match results, uh, changes of prices, flight times, bus timetables. Wherever there's data yeah. can influence dynamically how advertising is served. And the other point as well, I think, is just really important on, on technology that it's available to us. I think every piece of artwork should be tested because right. out of home lives and dies, you know, on, on yeah. its creative. And we've heat mapping technology, which can just ensure that the creative is right. It's, and what effectively it does is, is out of home advertising can be, you know, consumed, let's say, in the first one, two, three, four, five seconds. Mm-hmm. And what it will do is show the client where the eye is most likely to track. So if it's a price point, if it's a brand message, if it's an image, if it's a picture, if it's a new product, all those things should be tested before um, before that they go out. But look, the tech is here. The inventory yeah. is here. There's really brilliant inventory available to us and technology to use it. So I just think it always comes back to the brief. It comes back to what the client's problem yeah. is. What is the problem that we can help to solve? And how can we use the technology to display, you know, advertising that, that solves that? Mm. And there's been really good examples in this country, but probably not enough of them. Yeah, I think it. that's back on us back in our business, it's back in your business, it's back in the advertising industry to really think creatively about what outdoor can do. And, you know, we did, we'd are now in our next live series a number of weeks ago and we we just, you know, creatives on. That's really brilliant to hear it from their perspective as well, because, you know, they're kind of saying what you're saying is like, geez, maybe we need to rethink this yeah. bit. Yeah. To rethink how we use it. And it all starts with what's the problem we're trying to solve. Mm. Um, and I mean, you know, outdoor just presents so many solutions to those problems now. And as I said, the tech is here, so yeah. it's available now. Yeah. And I think it's a good point. It's not to say that we haven't done as a, as a collective industry, we haven't done lots of innovative campaigns. Just we have, we just probably haven't done enough of them. The capabilities there, as you say. So again, on that point, just to kind of move that on, what are the things about like the, the ideas that the posters there, you know, I can't read, I can engage with it. I can look at it, but like, that's about as far as it goes. And I think one of the things that Outdoor tried, in fairness, it tried it fairly early on. It just didn't work was engagement with mobile. And you think about a poster trying to engage with mobile. So I know back in the day, um, the take up on QR codes and all that kind of thing, they were really low because, and I think that was just because it was a really horrible user experience. It's so clunky for you to interact with a poster. You had to download a separate QR code reader and app onto your phone. And then when you go and find that, so if you see a poster and you got to go, oh, where's that app? And you haven't used it forever. And it's kind of on page screen seven of your phone. It's just a horrible user experience. But now all that, it's getting a bit of a, a second bounce, I think, all that QR codes and scanning. We're much more familiar with scanning. But also, I think one of the big things is that the friction has been removed because that capability is now built into phone hardware. It's not an add-on in yeah. terms of software that you need in your phone. So are QR codes become more prevalent as this thing? I remember saying to somebody a while ago, yeah, and we can kind of do, and they're like, no one interacts with QR codes. I was going, what they kind of do, they do now. So there's yeah. a bit of baggage with, with QR codes and Shazam and Blipper and using your phone to interact with things. But is it right to say, or am I wrong in thinking that the incidence of this has become more prevalent now? Um, and there's, it's a bit of a second wind it's got and it's taken a bit more favor um, with campaigns recently. Am I right or is that just me? No, I, th- I think your take is right. And, you know, when I joined the group some four years ago, PML Group was finishing some research with the experience, which we published when I just joined on the digital effects. And mm. only four years ago. And actually what it was saying was that, you know, context was really important, where advertising was served, you know, digital should be relevant, all the stuff that we've just talked about. But one thing that was interesting then was that 85% of people didn't really want to interact with the screen. But that's utterly changing. And I think that even with COVID, that has just heightened our use of mobile to shop, Mm -hmm. uh, to to scan at tills, etc. And outdoor and mobile are just natural 
bedfellows. And like yeah. their, their combination together is really quite a potent force. Art research would suggest that like 85% or sorry, excuse me, like um, back then 85%, but now 50% are going online right. as a result of seeing an avatar, 29% looking to purchase. And that's a result of that interaction. But mm-hmm. You know, when you think about the capability and QR code, QR codes can be embedded within artwork. And there's mm. some brilliant examples, and particularly when you launch, uh, introduce things like uh, augmented reality. So, mm. so right now in the in the UK, a fantastic execution for Burger King is up whereby you scan the six sheet and then through your phone, there will be a smoke trail that will guide you oh, to okay. the nearest uh, restaurant. And all that really is, is location data, yeah. um, the location of the poster, the okay, the AR experience to show you that trail of to mm-hmm. the nearest um, uh, to the restaurant, but that's I just think a really really good execution. And when you think about the the rich content that brands have, virtual tours, yeah. how can you you know be in and out of a hotel, in and out of a a, a theater, uh, trailers to movies, etc. The and again, I mean that's a, 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 just when I mentioned movies, it's just so refreshing to see movie advertising back mm. cinemas open with people driving toward them so look the opportunities between mobile and to our endless state yeah i always thought it was a great idea but then it, i think it was one of those things that oh yeah this is just the ad industry saying people are going to engage with our posters but actually yeah no now we're, we're much more as you say we're much more oh, yeah. scanning and, and I, I think even paying for things on our phone now that the, the <laughs> instance of engaging with technology is just going to grow and grow and grow Okay, as I normally do, spoiler alert, I'm going to have a bit of a rant about something because I always have a rant about something. So here we go. I often think when I think about capital cities, when I wonder, when I go and look at any European capital city, I'm always hugely envious of the the amazing kind of billboards and formats that they have. And I actually think about Dublin, it's pretty poor. The outdoor veggie, I, I know you probably have to be a little bit careful here. I don't. But I think it's it, like when you talk about mega building rafts, I know we don't like building rafts, it's just thing about they fall under the littering laws or something like that like so big epic raps big huge formats Dublin City Council seem to you know they probably see it as a necessary evil but they want smaller posters they want metro pounds they don't want big things they want it seems to be their agenda is we'll accept advertising but we want to make it as least noticeable as possible or distracting as possible I know you can't get too deep into it but like am I right in saying Dublin's not that ad friendly when it comes to out of home versus other other European cities or is that wrong again have I got that completely wrong again look we're not New York right we're not Times Square and I think that's a good thing we're Ireland right and I, and I think we're great I really do um, and I think that in terms of, in first off, the media owners in Ireland, they're meticulous in terms of respecting what the councils need, um, meticulous to their credit. And equally, I think that the councils across the cities also need to be meticulous in their efforts to respect the city's cultures um, and the environments. I think they're two very valid points. And also, I think that advertising within our cities you don't want it to be massively cluttered. You want it to stand out. But no, having I, said I, I, all I, that, I, I want it. I want it to be big sometimes, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but having said all that, I think there's been an extraordinary job in terms of uh, the plant that's gone into the country, and, and most recently, like 18 meter bridges mm. um, across four locations uh, from Exterion. Fantastic. I think what Deco have done with their network in terms of bringing digital to roadside has mm. been exceptional. There are some large formats and key locations across the cities, uh, which, you know, in Northern Ireland as well, we, you know that we operate in Northern Ireland as well. Some really fantastic. Uh, Ash, you can do posts. what you like in Northern Ireland. That's, that's fine. Yeah, it's but, but look, part, part, part of our business. But in Dublin, uh, 
nationwide superb phone kiosks with which is really good amenities mm. um, that are going into the cities. So, I mean, all in all, I think we have, I know you'll say, I would say this, but I genuinely mean it. I'm relatively new into the outdoor industry, okay, four years in, but I think a wonderful job has been done in mm. terms of the portfolio of inventory that we have for advertisers um, across the country. Mm. And I, th- I think, you know, it's about utilizing it uh, to its full benefit now. Yeah. Um, furthermore, when you think about what's available, and I, I think the roadside thing has been has been game changing, but there are masses of inventory available through retail, mm. through stores, through gyms, through the yeah. bar networks, through cinemas, which is all coming back in vogue, which is which yeah. is fantastic. So all in all, I think we're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair point. You you mentioned there and we've talked quite a lot about digital formats, but just for people listening who may not be aware, I, I was certainly surprised because there's a perception that, oh, yeah, we don't have a, we don't have a big digital network of screens. Certainly when you think about, you know, how Times Square is completely all digitized, I think that's what, what you might think. But actually, the digital screen inventory is significant now, significant in Ireland. So how big is it right now? Where are we at in terms of the digital screens available? How big could a campaign be? And are there plans for future development of digitization of screens as we look forward? Yeah, so, so so what's mad is when I came in, it was 5%, right? Mm. It's now 20%, right. which is quite incredible well, yeah, in terms yeah. of... Uh, but what's also interesting is the, the spend would be roughly about 30%, so box is a bit higher. Right, yeah. Um, and uh, I think, you know, certainly over this last period, you would have seen a lot of spend varying toward digital because that immediacy, like access to retail, mm-hmm. all the stuff that we've talked about earlier on. But uh, what we're certainly seeing now is that mix of classic and, and digital formats. But mm-hmm. in terms of your question with regards to digital inventory that's gone in, I just mentioned it a moment ago, but the newest to the block would be the four bridges, Amiens Street, Pier Street, North Strand, and Drumcondor. Fantastic mm. 18 meter screens. Clear channels. The kiosks are pretty cool, right? Because they're phone kiosks, but they have digital screens at the far side, but they have wayfinders as well, meaning that for the tourism market, you can, yeah, you know, yeah. use it to find your where oh, you need cool. to go, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they also have, you know, emergency service equipment, et cetera. So really useful, back to that utility point. But I think really good looking as well in mm. terms of uh, what's available. I think credit to the media owners that they've all stayed very strong through what has been a really, really kind yeah. of challenging period uh, within COVID and the investment hasn't debated. In terms of what's next, the outdoor never sleeps and I would respect, you know, my colleagues and partners more more and on, more to follow, I'm sure, right. you know. Yeah, and I think actually some of the bus shelters, um, actually the, the, the resolution and the, the clarity printing and the production on them is so they're so good I didn't even realise some of them were digital screens I think there's a lot of stuff out yeah, there just because yeah. like it hadn't been moving it's only it's, I saw some moving oh well, I didn't realise it was digital so on that I know COVID hit outdoor pretty hard as we talked about but you've talked about a lot of investment in the plan so did that investment continue or did it like you know with the decos and all did they continue that capex investment in the plant and do you think or was it stifled a little bit and will we see a kind of an explosion as money? Because obviously revenue has to be coming in or you can't keep piling money into yeah, NPD yeah. if the market is saying we're not supporting you because there's COVID restrictions. But they continued with investment and there's more to come in the next 24, 36, 12 or whatever months, is there? Yeah, I mean, look, to be fair, as I said, when I joined the business, 5% of the stock was was digital. And yeah. it's over that short period of time has now grown to 20%. So the media owners have really heavily mm. invested in brilliant screens mm. and you're absolutely right to call out the the bus shelter network the bridges as i've mentioned um but across the board changes of you know the the digi poles have become digitized yeah. right digital throughout nearly every retail environment 
stunning screens within mall environments mm. as well across all networks that you've seen. But in the last period, like uh, through COVID, to be fair, I mean, seeing those bridges going up, seeing those kiosks going in as well, I think f- absolute credit to yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, no. the media owners who have who remained strong. And I know there will be uh, more to come. Uh, as I said, the media owners, rightly so, will hold their cards close yeah. and they'll go through all of the meticulous processing, which they rightly do. But I've no doubt well, we that can it's expect not going to stop where it's at. Yeah. Um, we, we've talked quite a lot about technology and I think it's one of the things that the industry gets uh, terribly excited about. And we're all guilty of it that we think everything that's technology, every innovation has to be um, technology driven. But that's not the case. I remember when I was an up-and-coming, long-haired baseball cap-wearing planner. Special bills are all the thing, and you know, golden squares and special bills, and actually, you know, yeah. but like physical, tactile, not augmented reality, actual reality special bills. Are they still a thing? Yeah. I sense that I've seen a couple more special bills and a bit more kind of innovative, creative formats, which I always think are brilliant, um, just to grab people's attention. But do people still do these things now? Well, first off, special bills. You're right. They're called special builds because they're special. They're brilliant. They're the storyteller, right? Mm. Like they're they have that ability for outdoor to flex into the uh, world of experiential uh, marketing. And your question is timely insofar as over the summer we, we've a lot of projects on right now for them to be right. popping up. Yeah. So you'll start to see some pieces of brilliant work. But we we've had such fun. I mean, from building man crashes for FIFA right. for EA yeah, yeah. Sport. Uh, you know, actually. The Irish Times had a brilliant execution um, for their 160 years uh, celebrations, which was a, a giant hourglass that right. was, you know, demonstrating that was trust was built built over time. We've had uh, dispenser units out of 48 sheets for Carlsberg Zero. We have like another really cool execution. I thought um, was with Aer Lingus, whereby back of the house we had a full uh, cabin crew set up to greet passersby. Right. Yeah, Screens yeah. became active, etc. To and that comes back to that experiential piece and also the the point you made at the top of this session was um about that uh you know that value exchange mm-hmm. and this is where outdoor has actually the ability to to give back be it through sampling product but brands i think really have the ability to change a landscape change how things look but the real benefit of them is in all the earned media that you yeah, get yeah yeah uh, because the social piece it just drives on and bar none every special build that we've got involved in you just see it popping yeah. up on social feeds on facebook twitter yeah and if it's clever it's it captures crap. people's imagination Absolutely, and, yeah. 100%. but but they're by no no stretch of the imagination out of vogue in fact right. they're very much in vogue video never killed the radio star Dave, okay you know cool that. i'm going to start doing some special builds again my next that's what i'm going to do i'm going to brainstorm with myself um <laughs> well we couldn't have a marketing podcast without talking about sustainability um and i know it's again something that that outdoor has been criticised for. I'll be honest with you, I, I thought this the paper crisis had gone away. It was a big thing. I just thought we'd more important things be, to be talking about these days. I always remember a certain CEO of ours, let's just call him Liam, for example, he, uh, just to protect his identity. Liam would walk around and he'd be like, he'd be, there's people printed stuff off and didn't collect it from the printer. Yeah. We had this kind of big kind of fuss about saving paper. I thought it was gone away because we we other more. I thought the paper scarcity thing was gone away because we other pressing issues. But actually, it is something that I've seen. Um, I saw a campaign recently which was proudly talking about the fact that all the the posters were were printed on recycled paper. Um, is yeah. that a big thing? Is this a big thing or sustainability generally in terms of outdoor? Is it is it something that the industry is leaning into and trying to address oh, and trying to get better at? Absolutely, and you know, I think the first point is it's not a new thing in that. Yeah, recently there was a campaign for Nestle, um, which we were involved in, 
and it was on 100% uh, recycled uh, paper, 100%, you know, in terms of the ink used, etc. But the outdoor industry, you know, has been on this for a long, long time. To case in point, you referred to the, the digital screens and, and six sheets. All that lighting that was behind changed to LED. That like had nearly up to 90% reduction in terms of carbon emissions as a result of that. Think about things like the Dublin bikes, which are out there brilliantly leaning into the sustainability um, agenda down to, you know, pastes that are used, all starch-based. So it's there, all recycled, all materials sourced from sustainability sources, but all 100% recycled the far side and then used to create uh, different, wide and varied uh, different products. All companies working toward ISO standards as well Mm -hmm. um, and have been for many years. And it doesn't just stop there. I mean, you know, we think about sustainability, you know, we talk about the paper in the office, but but of course we know it goes further than that. And the, and the effort um, from a people perspective, I think, has been phenomenal, leaning into, you know, best places to work. Yeah. Uh, all companies in terms of inclusivity, et cetera. And, you know, I, I kind of think just from, from a PML group's perspective that, you know, in a strange way, but in a very real way, you know, we use words like it's okay not to be okay. And it's okay mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, your mental health and mm-hmm. well-being. And I think that the fact that everyone's, nearly brought each other into their homes. Those conversations are now becoming a lot more free. And mm. people are able to say to their colleagues, you know, I'm not great today. Or not just that, I've got to handle the kids. Mm. I think about two years ago, that sort of stuff would have been, oh yeah, I'm not saying I should look after my kids because, you know, I, I can't talk about that. I'm here to work and I'm here to do yeah. it. I, I really think that that's a huge part that this sort of year has really treated, or it has taught us a lot that yeah. I think it's okay we're, to bring yourself to work. We're definitely more em- empathetic. <clears throat> like society is definitely more empathetic. And, and I think it's one of the things we talk about, like brands, successful brands will have to demonstrate more empathy and, and the brands that will, yeah. you know, move it away from what we used to just call like, maximizing shareholder value but but to understand stakeholder value and to to be more empathetic so i think it's a yeah it's and the other thing as well is in terms of you know clients and the people that consume advertising come from all cross sections of society right so if you don't have that inclusive kind of nature within your own business how are you going to deliver the mm-hmm. best results so i i, I just think there's so much to have been learned and so much great work that is all arrowed towards a big word of sustainability. Um, and, you know, some of the charitable work that's been done in this last year, I just really think has been exceptional. And I think mm. the outdoor industry has really leaned into it um, across yeah. the board. Yeah, I agree. So we're about to wrap up. So you've, you've talked about lots of different things and we've only like really you know, scratch the surface here today. But you, in terms yeah. of, you've loads of research, you've lots of insight. If anyone's listening, um, I think in the article, I think that, and I totally agree with this, I, th- I think the ask, um, and I don't like going on on podcasts and, and talking about what's wrong with everything and how everyone's, you know, not doing things right. Yeah. But I definitely do think there's an opportunity for advertisers, agencies, clients, everybody to think differently about advertising. I think that I totally agree with that sentiment in the article. So if people want to think think differently about advertising, where do they go for inspiration? Where do they go? Who do they talk to? Is there, you know, do they pick up the phone to to you guys or like what way do you like to work and how how can you help people think differently about advertising about outdoor advertising because you guys know it better than anyone else so well well, in the first instance what i would suggest people do is just just pop onto our site so pmlgroup.ie and you'll get a flavor much more in-depth flavor of what we do our service etc what i would say to advertisers is we work across multiple media agencies and work with multiple creative agencies what's really important for us 
And to be fair, I think including your organization and across the board, the brief is critical. Yeah. What's the problem we're trying to solve? And what do we want to get people to do mm. by, mm-hmm. uh, Dave, you might have said that to me at one yeah. instance. Um, but the brief is crit- really, really crucial. And I think from our perspective, getting our hands on that brief, demanding that brief, understanding what the problem is to be solved and how can outdoor advertising help to deliver the solution. As I said earlier on, genuinely, we have the best technology available to us in this country to execute across classic and digital. We're a group of problem solvers and what we like to pride ourselves on is delivering really top class advertising, but ultimately that delivers on a client's Mm -hmm. problem Mm. or a client's opportunity um, is probably the best way to put it. So I would just say, Real clarity of brief. We work with the across the, the media agencies. So that consultation is important to us. If clients want to talk to us directly, the door is always open. Mm-hmm. Starting point is the site. A lot of people know the teams and source and the teams of PML. Mm-hmm. And of course, for the Northern Irish listeners, we've, we've an office up there. And look, we're just about delivering great, great work, really. Great, great. Well, thanks so much. That's all she wrote, folks. We are out of time. So, Jeff, thanks a million for joining me today. Thanks for making the time to come on and chat. Long overdue that we spoke about outdoor. So thanks a million thanks, for Dave. making the time. Um, a big thanks to Andrea on sound and Kira in marketing too. And as always, thanks to our partners in Irish Times Media Solutions. If you like this episode, follow us, tell your colleagues, listen back to some of the other great episodes. You'll find them by typing Irish Times Inside Marketing into your search engine of choice. So until next time, everyone, stay safe. Bye. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions.